ready for tomorrow's news today. You're listening to Speak Life with Marty Lee. Hello and welcome to Speak Life. I'm Marty Layton. I'm glad you tuned into this broadcast. This will be a one-of-a-kind one of prophetic update today. I know right now you cannot turn on a, a TV or a radio or anything on social media uh, without hearing some negative, divisive report from all sides uh, condemning each other. <clears throat> Uh, this tragic shooting in Texas where 22 were in total were killed and uh, 17 others were injured. And then earlier in Buffalo, New York, where 10 were killed and three were injured at a supermarket. You know, these tragedies are beyond comprehension. And uh, it, it can either work for us or against us. And uh, we are continuing to pray for the families of those who were killed in these senseless killings. And uh, as the American family, uh, we are going to, we're praying that we all come together. You know, our hearts are ripped out as we have seen pure evil on display. And uh, all hell is out to cripple America the beautiful and destroy any hope of recovery. But today I want to give you some good news. Although we mourn these losses, uh, we must gird our our loins as spiritual warriors, and see that our battle is not with flesh and blood, but these demonic powers that are being defeated over these na- over this nation, and really the nations of the earth. The Bible teaches us that God received these precious children immediately into his arms. And we need to understand that God is still on the throne. Although the devil has struck a blow, evil shall not prevail. Satan has again overplayed his hand. And in these times of desperation, we come to the core of our being and we realign our hearts with heaven. Just like David did when he arrived at Ziklag and everything he had and all his mighty men, it was all destroyed and burned with fire. They didn't know if their families had survived or not. But David in his desperation, David came before the Lord and said, Father, what do I do? And God gave him some instruction, pursue the enemy, overtake them, and recover all. You know, that's the word that God's been speaking over our nation for the last six, eight months at least. God said, pursue your enemy, overtake them, and recover all. God is with you. You know, God has already been speaking about this this season and the overthrowing of the powers of hell. In, in every occurrence in Scripture where Jesus stood in his authority and cast the devil out, right before the devil left, there was a violent outbreak on the way out. And when the devil was completely removed, then there was peace. And I want to remind you that Scripture gives us a complete picture of out of something bitter, God always brings something sweet. We can talk about so many things. Out of something bitter, something sweet. Remember when uh, Samson picked up the the donkeys, uh, the donkey that was full of uh, honey, and out of something bitter, God gave him something sweet. And that's throughout Scripture. 
Listen, this nation is in a great turnaround. America the beautiful is in a great turnaround, and we are turning back to Jesus Christ. And the enemy of our nation is being driven out and cast out. We are heading for the greatest revival and the greatest awakening anyone has ever known. Whole cities are going to be saved at once. Tormenting powers of hell will be cast out of entire regions, whole regions will be delivered and set free. Healings, miracles, signs and wonders like we have never known. You know, a massive army of prophetic prayer warriors are praying right now and decreeing and declaring the word of the Lord. We are like David, pursuing, overtaking, and listen, this is the, what the scripture says. We will, without fail, recover all. Amen. Yes, we are in a spiritual warfare today. The battle is severe. Yes, the enemy has struck. But this time, the battle strategy has changed, and we will not react according to our flesh, but we will respond according to the Spirit of Almighty God. And I want to speak prophetically now. In a very short period of time, everywhere and every place where you see the darkness trying to get a foothold or trying to hold on to a stronghold, that is the place where you're going to see the manifestation of the kingdom of God on full display. His might, His power, His glory, His love will shine like the sun. The blood of Jesus will begin to speak better things than the blood of these that were slain. And listen to me. The demonic powers that are trying to control and seize the narrative will be overthrown. Much is about to come out of the, dark, out of the darkness and into the light. God is about to put on full display all that has been hidden. America shall be one. America shall be one. The plans of the enemy and the enemies of God have been completely foiled. Their weapons did not prosper in destroying America. Listen to this prophet. Unity is going to arise, and from state to state, everything will begin to turn. God's warrior remnant, who have been prepared for this very moment, this very day, will begin to arise and decree and declare with great authority from heaven. And I want to declare what God has already been decreeing and declaring from heaven. There will be no civil war again in America the beautiful. The sound of unity will begin to ring out from sea to shining sea as the amazing grace of God is shed upon this nation again and again until all the states align with God's purposes, the union of the 50 states. The world will continue to be distressed and in dis discord, but God will save America. Think about the days of Elijah when the false prophets were humiliated by Elijah on Mount Carmel. Prior to that, there was such disunity and discord among the people of God. The prophetic voice arrived back on the scene again and unified the people of God. And the powers of hell that had seized control over the minds and over the people of God were utterly defeated. I want to get 
into this more on my next broadcast. Uh, But I want you to have a perspective today that God is still in control. God is dethroning false and illegitimate powers and turning everything around. Don't lose hope. Listen to the voice of God as he speaks to you personally and through his prophets. Remember what thus saith the Lord. Remember what God has already said. We are about to pursue, to overtake, and without fail, recover all in our nation. Amen? Amen. Again, welcome to Speak Life with Marty Layton. And I am so glad that you're here today. Today we have a very special guest on our show all the way from South Africa. A very dear friend and brother, actually a very close relative to Kim Clement also. And you've probably seen him on House of Destiny many times. He is a prophet who pastors mega churches in South Africa. You heard me right, I said churches, not just one. He's the pastor of multiple mega churches in uh, South Africa. And uh, I'm privileged to call him my friend. So please make welcome my friend and my brother, Llewellyn Roberts. So welcome to Speak Life, Llewellyn. It's so good to see you and uh, glad to be with you here today. And uh, it's beautiful where you are. I can see all the palm trees and uh, and your garden there behind you, your prayer garden. And uh, uh, we just are glad to see your your face and uh, and welcome you to the show. You know, I know you very well, and uh, you know me, and uh, yes. we have been uh, friends for many, many years now, uh, but uh, I want to introduce our audience to you a little bit more. For those that don't know you, uh, you know, uh, I know you're uh, the the son of uh, the great Fred Roberts, and uh, Fred and Nellie is your mom and dad, and... Uh, uh, you are such a bright, shining light uh, that they produced. And, uh, you know, maybe at some point here we can talk a, a little bit about your testimony too. But tell us a little bit about what the Lord is doing uh, in your ministry right now. Well, getting back to you knowing me, I, um, I got to know you through um, Bishop Hammond. And, um, and sort of that's how we got connected because he's very close to us, very close to my dad and very close to our family. And uh, spoken to my life over the years, many, many times I've ministered in his church. And so uh, that's how we got together. And um, yeah, my dad's Fred Roberts. We, we started the first um, interracial church uh, in South Africa in the 1970s during the apartheid era. Uh, my dad was called by God, he said, reach the lost at any cost and open a house of prayer for all nations, not just one nation. At that time, of the heart of apartheid was just white uh, in dominance here in, in South Africa. And when my dad was told by God to do that, all his minister friends left him. And so he started a <clears throat> church called Seven uh, Christian Center and opened up as a house of prayer for all nations. And so... That's where we are right now, and we have churches, Durban, Cape Town, and uh, in the United States, in, in California. Um, and then we also have um, Good Hope Christian Center down here, 
and then we have Healing Word in in America, and so yeah, it's it's been crazy, crazy time. <laughs> That's awesome, and uh, and so you're you're also related to uh, Kim Clement, Kim and Jane. Yes, I worked with Kim. I got saved. He actually saved my life because I got saved and. Nobody knew what to, knew what to do with me because I came out of the world. I was a drug addict and I ran in houses of prostitution and all that type of thing. And so um, he, uh, when I got saved, nobody knew what to do with me. I actually heard people pray. I was 40 when I got saved. And my mom had prayed for me all those years. And she, uh, she was the only one that spoke light into darkness. And um, then nobody knew what to do. I actually walked past the pastors all praying and I, Remember them saying, we want to thank you, Lord, for, uh, you know, reaching to Ellen. We know, it, basically, they were telling the Lord how hard it was for him. You know? <laughs> and uh, we know it was, you know, he, and thank you, Lord. But, Lord, we don't know what to do with him. I, I just take him home, Lord. Just take him home. In other words, they were telling God to kill me because they didn't know what to do with me. And I, and I look back now, and I'm so glad they didn't know what to do with me. Because yeah. if they'd given me instructions, like someone said to me, you need to be a, you know, you, you don't have any chance in the ministry. You, um, you know, you've left it too long. The Israelites were in the desert for 40 years and they were disobedient to God. And so God killed them all. And, uh, but, you know, the Lord showed me, he said, Lazarus, you know, that he was, everybody said, Llewellyn's dead. Just put a roll of stone over him. Yeah. And they said, no, no, there's resurrection time for him. And they said, no, he's dead. And uh, he stinks by now. You know, he's a drug addict. He stinks. He's, he's this, he's that, he stinks. He's under investigation for murder. He stinks. And Jesus had to tell him, roll away that stone of unbelief. And that's what my mom did for my life, by speaking those words of yes. life into my life. And that's the thing we need to do. We need to speak life into, into each other's life. Yes. Shed light into darkness. Don't say it. Speak of things as they are, but how you want them to be. Yeah, And that's what my mom did. She said, me and my household shall be saved. And she, every time she saw me, she said, man of God, you're a man of God. And I used to get so angry with her, you know. Every demon inside of me was going crazy, you know. Yeah. She used to speak a positive word. When she told me I was going to hell, every demon said, amen. You know, <laughs> the demons didn't worry about that. But as soon as you speak life into dark situations, you've got to speak life into those situations. Because... Um, you know, if you tell your child they're going to hell, that's where they're going. You're actually literally speaking for them to go there. So speak as you want them to be, not as you see the situation right now. Yes. Awesome. And so that was, that was, uh, so he, he, I went with Kim and Kim, I traveled with Kim from Washington to Washington, uh, right across America. And I used to, he, he, he was so gracious and kind to me. Um, after a bit of time, he, he would get me up to share my testimony. I'd share my testimony. At, we went to Rhode Island to a, a hotel there. He hired the, the nightclub. And he played, and then he called me up, and he said, share your testimony. And this little church had come with us to support us, but they were running around the nightclub trying to stop people smoking. <laughs> so Kim was so angry with them. You know, so then he got me up to share my testimony and there was this massive guy came walking in. There was a pool table right at the back and he was hitting the balls all over the place. And I was sharing my testimony about the love of God and how Jesus found me and how I had a vision of Jesus and how I saw when somebody, I, mean, I saw the person that loved me so much, that's what drew me to him. 
And these people just poured out to the front. And this church had been believing God for 50 new people. And that night, over 130 people came, 50 people for that next year. And that wow. night, 150 people came. And they said, it's too much. We can't handle it. It's too much. We can't handle it. <laughs> but, you know, when you share the love of God and you share, you know, it is the love of God and the love of Jesus. You know, one of the things I did, it's many times we forget the Father. Yeah. We forget that it was the Father, our Father God, that made that sacrifice. Jesus was the sacrifice. But as fathers, we know how much we love our children. I, I wouldn't even think of making a sacrifice of my child for knowing God, all-knowing, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient, and all those things, knowing that the very people he was sending his son to would reject him. And that's the love, and that's the sacrifice he made. And then Jesus being the sacrifice, giving his life. When I saw that, and that's what I basically tell people all the time, is that, you know, because it's the love of God that draws. The anointing breaks the yoke. But it's the love of God that draws men unto salvation and draws men to God. Yes. It's, you know, we can break the yoke over people's lives and that connection that they have to the world. But it's the love that turns them around. It's the love that draws them. It's the love of God that's revealed. When they see the love of God, because all of us want to be loved. And all of us want to be appreciated for for our unique dis differences. Yes. And so um, that's one of the things that really uh, helped me. And then he would he would get me to minister one night, and then he'd prophesy the next night. And he, he I, I was I was in wonder of him because he, he he taught me how to pray because he's every morning he'd be up, and you couldn't get to see him. I remember he uh, they were negotiating with him to go and see President Bush. And President Bush people called, and he was in his prayer room, and he said, I can't take the call. And Jane was, my cousin, was going crazy. She was saying, it's, it's, the, it's all the president's men type of thing. <laughs> and he said, I, I can't, I'm busy. And he, he finished his prayer time, and then he called back. Uh, was, he had to make arrangements to go and, you know, you have to make all those arrangements to go and see the president. You have to go through all these security things. And he said, no, and that always hit me that, uh, his time with God and his time of worship and praise uh, was so important to him that he wouldn't allow anybody to disturb it. Outside his room, he's, his office, he used to have a red light. If that red light was on, nobody went in there. And then I would see him on the road as well. He would just spend time in his room and pray in prayer and in worship. And those are the two things that I saw, you know, if we want God to move in our lives, it's we come to the through the gates with thanksgiving and and come to his courts with praise. That's one of the most important things. It's not absolutely come with religiosity or anything like that. We come, you know, just thanking him for being such a wonderful father. Just thanking him for loving us so much. Just thanking him for that sacrifice that he made. Thanking him for 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 all that he has done, and then coming to his presence like that, just like he would a loving father. Yes. And, you know, he's waiting for us. You know, that's when I saw that. And so I, I would, he would do prophesy one night and then I'd share my testimony. So people would get the prophetic word and then I'd share my testimony and people would get saved. And so it was, it was great. And so I did that uh, until he died. Uh, for 20 years, I just, uh, every year I would go there and spend a month with him and travel with him and just, and just talk with one another and just share 
um, what we have seen in the word and just bounce things off each other because you need somebody like that. You know that yes. not somebody you get into argument with because each of us see something. When we see a scripture, we see a truth. We see it from a, a different perspective or from where the Holy Spirit has shown us. And we can share that with one another and, and gives you a broader picture of that same subject. Yes. And so that's the wonderful thing about, um, you know, just sharing with one another, just uplifting one another and saying, this is what the Lord showed me here. And, and a lot of times I think people get intimidated when, you know, when people put these, uh, they start labeling themselves apostles and bishops and everything else. And <laughs> I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, they sort of pull, them, pull themselves out of, you know, you can't get to see those type of people. Because you know, you people just think that they they somewhere hard there, and they, um, you know, and it's it's not what the thing is. It's we all brothers and sisters just in a different function. Yes. And um, you know, so we all there to to help. You know, I, one of the things the Lord showed me, especially in South Africa, I don't know about uh, over there, but we have a lot of people calling themselves apostles here, and mm. uh, so they dress in different garbs and hats and all this type of thing and then separate themselves completely uh, you have to have a special appointment some of them even you have to pay to go and see them and then they surround themselves with just these people that you, you got to go through like a 10th degree um, mm. uh, you know with a bright lamp in your face type thing and they question you before you even go in there Wow! and so I said to the one one guy he, he said to me am I an apostle so I said I do have a message from God if that counts. So he said, no, I need to know if you're not, if you're not a Dane apostle because I'm an apostle to the apostles. And so if you're not an apostle, I can't speak with you. Wow. So I just said, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> you can't speak with me. Yeah. And so, you know, it's when, when you look at it, because uh, when you look in the word, Paul says, I'm Paul the apostle. He didn't say I'm apostle Paul. He never put his title before his name. Because yeah. being an apostle is just a function in the church. It's a function that yeah. it's something that we do. And Bishop Hammond in his book actually said that he said it's not a position to be reached. It's yes. not like this uh, title, this this like this pyramid where you get to the top. He said it's not that at all. And um, so you know when when I when so when the Lord showed me that I remember what he had written in the book in, in his in his books. And, uh, and a lot of people don't want to accept that. And, uh, you know, there was another another part, of, especially especially here in South Africa, everyone wants a title, you know. Yeah. And uh, like my dad used to, everybody used to, and I'm not saying, what I'm saying now is I'm not knocking anybody's things, but, you know, Jesus said, call no man father. Don't call any man your spiritual father because you have only one father in heaven. And the original says you have only one father in heaven and we are all brothers. Do not call anybody your teacher because we have only one teacher, the Holy Spirit, and we are all brothers. And so when you can't start, because my life was brought up being pastor's son, everybody will claim my father as their spiritual father. Now, I understand that they got saved under his ministry, but I'm his son. You know, I'm, there's no one else that's his son. I've got sisters, but I'm the son. And I think when you start looking at as a man, as your spiritual father, uh, Jesus said, don't do that because you take your eyes off God as being your spiritual father. Mm. And we need to see ourselves on one level. There's only one level at the cross. The cross, at the cross, the ground is level. We are all brothers and sisters, all heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
But Ephesians says we are raised up together with him and seated at the right hand of God. Yes. And that's our, our position of, of authority. That's our position of power uh, and our family position. And so we're all the same, but we just have all these different functions and we help is to help one another. And, you know, the Lord's been putting on that my heart so much. Llewellyn, get the right attitude. And I've had to check myself many, many times. I've, I'm, I'm not saying I'm perfect in any way. I've had to check myself many, many times about my attitude. Why, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I preaching the gospel? Why am I really doing it? Because, you know, we all start off with, we, we, we want our lost brothers and, and sisters to be found. And then we can go off on an angle. And I'll never forget the Lord gave me a vision one night. And I was above this forest, this massive forest. And I saw these millions of thousands and thousands of people. It was like I was in a drone with a camera above this forest. And there was a cabin, a brightly lit cabin in, in this forest. And there were just these people streaming through this forest. But at the end of the forest was a precipice, was this massive cliff just going down into darkness. Yes, And I was running from this place and I was grabbing one person and I was bringing them in and into this place of safety. And I was running and bringing another person in, another person in. And because the Lord said to me, those are your brothers and sisters going over that cliff. And so I, and the, the feeling I had inside of me when I had that vision was my brothers and sisters, my real true family brothers and sisters, that love, there was this love, this family love that I had inside of me, going and grabbing them and pulling them in. And and if I could only save two or three <coughs> and bring them to this place and just having the right attitude. Because many, many times, you know, especially if we somebody's listening in their ministry, sometimes we want people to get saved so we can build our church and we can, you know, we can have more and more people coming. But what is... Why do we? Why do we want? Right. That? What is, is the purpose? Really, do we really love? Yeah. yeah. Do we really love? Are they really lost family members? That do we really think like that? Because otherwise, how are we going to love them like we love ourselves? The Bible says we need yes. to love them as we love ourselves. And you know, if our love, if, and the Lord said, if your loved one was lost, you'd have posters up, you'd be making announcements on TV, you'd be doing all of these things um, because that one you love is lost. And so, we, you know, when we have that love in our hearts for others and they really see that we love them when we care about them, it's not just about building a church, but it's building the kingdom. Yes. And, uh, you know, we really care about the family. We want them to come into the family of faith, this family of love. Uh, and so we go out of our way to do that. And I learned that all through the prophetic. You know, I used to go into these meetings with Kim and there used to be such an anointing as he sit in the piano and just begin to play and this prophetic anointing would come in. And so many times, Doug, for me, I had a, one of the things, talking about prophetic, I was traveling with him and, and uh, you guys know more about the Columbine shooting than me. But the night, if, the night before it happened, was, was, I, I, there was time difference. So I don't know. I was in the meeting and I had my hands raised. It was like a funnel of light came into my head. And uh, all of a sudden, I was in the schoolroom, and, and your schoolrooms there are different to ours. Your libraries and everything else, the way they look, the way they set up are totally different. And um, I was, it was like I came into this, this boy's body, and I could see through his eyes, and I heard this name, Eric. Mm. And I uh, could see through his eyes, and I could feel what he was feeling. I could feel the anger, the shame, the, 
the, the, the rejection, all of those things that boy was feeling, I could feel. And looking through his eyes, I saw this gun barrel come up into his eye, eye gate and he walked into this library and he was looking for someone and he came around the corner and there was this girl there, she had long blonde hair and she was hiding behind these books. And he stuck the gun barrel into the back of her head. And as he did that, I felt the gun barrel go to the back of my head. And he said, do you believe in God? And she said, yeah, yeah, yes, I do. But there was no fear on the inside because I could feel what he was feeling. And I could feel what she was feeling. Mm. And I believe the Lord did this so I could see. Uh, because I suffered terribly with fear. I had a terrible uh, fear that used to plague my life. And I would cover it up with anger. I would cover it up with bravado. I'd cover it up with so many things. And uh, as he came in, and he put the gun barrel to the back of her head. And he said, do you believe in God? And she said, yeah, 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 yes, I do. And then he shot him. But it felt like somebody had hit me in the back of the head with a, with a crowbar or a piece of metal, something. It was such a shock. And um, I've I, I seen through her eyes, she hit the floor, but there was no fear inside of her. And so mm. I think it was the Lord trying to show me that, you know, when somebody dies and parents always want to know how did their child feel in those last moments of their life. And she hit, hit the ground and she was looking through her eyes and it seemed to me like the room got brighter. And the blood began to pool on the side of her head, but before there was any type of fear or anything that came into her mind or heart, because there was just that shock of that blow uh, to her head. There was no fear. There was no trepidation or anxiety or anything. And as her, she blinked her eyes and the room seemed to get brighter, she blinked her eyes again, seemed like the room got even brighter. And a pool of blood began to form next to her head. We had shot her. And suddenly I saw these two nail-scarred feet step into her vision. Mm. And these big arms just wrap around her. And there's just love and music played on the inside of her. The most wonderful thing I've ever felt in my life. The, I think it's the closest I've ever felt to heaven. And what heaven's going to be like. Because it was just this beautiful love and compassion and music. And, and I, I, can't even, I can't even explain it. And the last thoughts in her mind were, I wish mom mommy could see me now. I wish mommy could know that this was the truth. And from that moment on, the Lord said to me, I've called you to reach boys like Eric, but when you die, I'm coming to fetch you. There is no fear in death for you. I'm just taking you home. Wow. And I had the opportunity to be able to speak to the mother. Uh, well, I didn't speak to her. Someone gave a message to her about what had happened. And because we didn't know who this girl was, and it turned out um, eventually, a, 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 an editor from one of the magazines had come and spoken to Kim, and I was there, and he sort of interviewed me about it, and he said, I know who this woman is. And so, and that's what was in her mind. She was worried about what happened in those last moments. And, you know, the Lord really touched me uh, in that place because, and this was in the prophetic, you know, the prophetic, there are realms that... Um, in the true prophetic I'm talking about, I'm not talking about, you know, some people that are just handing out words. It's not the true prophetic anointing. Mm. But when there's a prophetic anointing and you open yourself up to that, God will reveal things to you that, that are so personal, they're so close, and that will help others. And yes. from that moment on, every fear left me. I didn't suffer with fear ever again. Fear tried to come, 
But I had such a tenacity inside of me after that that I said, you know, because there was always a fear of death that came because of the life that I lived. And so when I got, became, got saved, I still had that fear of death. And one night this, this terrible, like a veil of fear came into the room. And I just turned around and I said, get out of here. Go next door. They know you then. <laughs> I didn't even, you know, I was just, uh, because it's just, it's a demonic attack. Yeah. That fear that comes, that there's no rhyme or reason for it. Mm. And um, so, you know, traveling with Kim and, and being in that prophetic atmosphere was was a lifesaver for me because, mm. you know, there's so many things in your Christian life that you face. You face religiosity, you face the, you know, these, when I talk about religiosity, I'm talking about uh, all these rules and regulations men make up to yes. try and please God. It's not yeah. biblical. It's just, you know, and uh, so I, I learned how to, in, in, in a prophetic atmosphere, I learned how to worship and praise, and I learned how to listen to the voice of God, how to hear the Holy Spirit. All of those things all come when you spend some, when you spend time just in praise and worship in a simple, the most simple way. You don't have to play the piano or anything. And I'll never forget the one night the Lord said to me, I want you to give this, this word to Kim. And so I went to a, a person who was, elder than that was in the ministry much longer than I had and I said I've got this word for Kim and uh, he said who do you think you are you're going to give a, a, a prophecy to a, a prophet who do you think you are so I, I was really taken aback by it and I thought wow you know maybe yeah you're right okay and I said okay so I go to my room and I and and, and I'm just pick up my bible and I turn to where um the um that prophet went to go and prophesy over Israel, uh, Balaam. And um, and while he's going there, he, the, the, the donkey starts talking to him and tells him that he's, tells him how cruel he's been to him and everything else. And it was like a flash inside him. And the Lord said, if I can use a donkey to speak to a prophet, why can't I use you? <laughs> and so I gave him that word and I, I called him up and he was actually in his prayer garden. And the Lord gave me a vision. I saw an angel standing behind him with his hand on his left shoulder. I said, you've got a blue shirt on. You've got a scarf around your neck. He's, you feel this pressure on your on your right shoulder. There's an angel standing behind you. And the Lord says, and, and I just, and he just started to cry. And he said to me, you know, Llewellyn, as a prophet, nobody's ever prophesied over me. Nobody's ever given me a word of encouragement. I'm always giving words out. But, you know, we need to realize, too, that, uh, you know, I know there's some people that just go out and they think they're prophets and they, they want to give words and car park prophets and all these different types. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you really know somebody and you're friends with somebody, um, God will give you a word for them for encouragement. Because yes. I know in the prophetic, a lot of times too, when, you, when you're a prophet and you prophesy, it can be very um, nerve-wracking. Not nerve-wracking in the sense that you're scared, but... Um, there's a lot taken out of you. There's also um, that inferiority, not inferiority that you, uh, it, it's like you, you, it, when you give a word, it's like fear and fear and trembling type of thing. I don't know if you understand. Yeah. It's not, um, you know, when it's actually, you know, when it's actually, when it does say the Lord or it's uh, the Holy Spirit says, you know, many times we get a word from our hearts, and, you know, you, you can say, I feel, I feel this about you. But these times when the Holy Spirit, you know, you can literally feel it, that inner unction of the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit 
dwells not only is within us, but upon us and within us. And there's mm. that inner unction, that inner knowing that that you can. And and there's a time where you say the Holy Spirit says, but yes, as as um, Dr. Hammond, Bill Hammond says, he said, you better be sure it's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> don't don't just start saying the Holy Spirit says because I've heard, you know, I've, I've heard uh, the one guy we had he came out and. He was supposed to be prophetic, and but one of those money-minded, well, I call them money-minded ministers, and he put on a this massive show, and he, he had music playing and everything else. It was very, very good dramatically, but he got up and he said, uh, now in South Africa, the rand dollar situation is, was radical at that time. It was like 18 rand to one dollar. And so he got up and he said, the Holy Spirit says that if you give $1,000 in 11 days, your children will be saved. Mm. You're believing for your children to be saved. And people were so desperate. And I was so angry. People had to hold me back. They had to lock doors so I couldn't get to. Because, <laughs> you know, that, that I, I was a criminal. I used to steal people's money. But yeah. I, only, I used to steal from other criminals because that's 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 the... Um, the excitement to steal from somebody, you steal from somebody that knows you're stealing and they still can't catch you. That's 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 the thrill. <laughs> but when you're up there and you, you uh, and what type of person is it? They can't be really Christians. You can't say the Holy Spirit says you, you're hitting somebody so low. Every mother and father, they, they want their children to be saved. They, their children are on drugs. Their children are lost. Yeah, manipulation. Saying, just, sorry? Manipulation. Manipulation, because you know manipulation or intimidation to gain control is witchcraft. Yes. That's the definition of witchcraft. Any type of manipulation or intimidation to gain control is witchcraft. Mm. So uh, people ran out, they borrowed money, and he left this country with over $300,000. Wow. And uh, he went to a church here, he went to a church in Joburg, did exactly the same thing. And um, then uh, he... Um, I went to the same church uh, about three months later and I got up and I'd forgotten about it and everything else was ministry and next thing on the inside of me uh, I said those of you who are here tonight that you gave a thousand dollars for your children to be saved are you here 80 people were there in that meeting they put their hand up Wow. and I said how many of your children are saved not one wow. not one that, so one person came after and said that actually, one, my child actually got worse Mm. Because this person got up, because it, it, the, the Holy Spirit always works in agreement with the word. Yes. The prophetic was always <clears> in <throat> line with the word. Yes. Um, when you get a word from, it's always in line with the word. You know, we say, um, you know, the scripture says the, sp the spirit and the word agree. And when somebody prophesies something that is not scriptural, uh, you, the the scripture should be the standard by which all prophecy is judged. Absolutely, you know Jesus said the words I speak they spirit and they are life. Yes, they spirit and they life. They give life. So a prophetic words should always bring life. I, I'll never forget traveling with Kim and he was a uh, a child molester. We only found out long afterwards. We didn't know. None of us knew. Uh, and he came up for to pray. And Kim said to me afterwards, he said that this guy came and he took his hanky out and he was hitting this guy's hands. And this guy, and Kim knew, and this guy knew Kim knew that he was molesting children. 
But Kim gave him a prophetic word that you still got a chance. God has still got a plan for you if you repent. There's still a plan for you. God's still got a plan for you. You haven't gone too far. You know, so it's even though he knew that Kim knew, I've seen him do it. He did it in the, he went to a church and the yes. pastor was having an affair with, with, with the, with the uh, leader, uh, with the youth leader or something like that. And he stood the pastor up there and the, the other person further down. And the pastor and her knew that he knew, but he never gave them a, 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 a word in front of everybody. He gave them words of life, but they knew what they were doing wrong and they repented and they, you know, uh, things were restored in their lives and, and you know, everything that's, else. That's something but, that I see people don't have uh, an understanding of. And one of the things Bishop that uh, Bishop has trained us is protocol, prophetic protocol. Yeah. And uh, there's things the Holy Spirit can say uh, in so many words that no one else knows what's being said, but those people know what's being said. And by Absolutely. the Spirit, God reveals that to them without uncovering them in front of everybody. And like you and I have talked before, it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. It's God's love. Absolutely. You know, that's what drew me. You know, when I was a young pastor, I just started at the church, and this um, this young lady came to see Sylvia and I, and he, she, his face was all beaten up. And so I said, I want to see your husband. So she came, and he admitted that he hit her, and he looked at me as if to say, um, you know, you know, us men, we need to stand together. And, you know, women can drive us crazy. So I said to her, have you got a mother or have you got a father or a brother? So she said, no. So I said, I'm your brother. So I said to him, stand up. <laughs> he stood up and I knocked him out. And when he woke up, <laughs> he woke up and uh, they came to church. He came to church every Sunday, never ever touched her again, paid his tithes every, every month, came so, to church. So we're not, we're not every, telling people to do this, but... You gave him the no, fivefold no, no. ministry, I right? That's that's because, giving them the uh, fivefold uh, ministry, but but we don't want to give them the fivefold <laughs> ministry that way. We sometimes give it to... you do want to do that. You know? <laughs> sometimes, but uh, you know you you can't do that. I, I, but I'm just saying, I did do that in my early ministry, early as a pastor. You know? so I'm I'm your brother, but you know it worked for him. He, he, he never ever touched doing that. <laughs> We were talking about the so, goodness of God leading men to repentance. <laughs> yeah, no, so, no, it is. Like, you know, I was I was just newly saved then, and, and this guy had been, you know, I I only get rid of the old Llewellyn. You know, the old Llewellyn yeah. was was still there. You know, so uh, I had to get rid of rid of too, that part. Too funny. I'm just saying that you know the, the, there is a temptation. Well, the reason why I told this story is there. You know, when you prophesy, there is a temptation to want to just beat that person because you can <laughs> see what they're actually doing and how they're affecting other people's lives. Yes. But you're also responsible to give them, a, a say that you can't go too far. His blood reaches the highest mountains. It flows yes. to the lowest valleys. Yes. We, there's an opportunity for everyone, even though we've given up because, you know, people gave up on me. They said, he's gone too far. It's, yeah. it's, it's over. You know, the, the day my mother spoke, of, uh, my whole family had gathered and said, we don't want to see Llewellyn again. The next time he comes, you just say, we don't want to see you again. And we're not welcome in this family. 
And that's when my mom had that vision and she saw me, uh, the screen split of the TV. And she saw me praying for the sick and, and preaching where I am now, the church I'm in now. And Kenneth Hagen was um, ministry. The screen split in half and she saw me. And she's the only one out of my whole family, my brothers, my sisters, my father, everyone. And she said, no, I'm not going to do that. And if she hadn't hung on there, and every time she saw me, she said, you're a man of God. God has a plan for your life. She said, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know how it's, it's going to work out. But, you know, the moment she began to do that was six weeks. From the time she started to speak life to me, it was only six weeks. And I had a supernatural experience with Jesus. Wow. All the other times she had told me I was going to hell. Because, you know, we got brought up in the Pentecostal church where you say you're going to hell. If you don't give your life to Jesus, you're going to hell type of thing. And, but the moment she started to speak life into the situation, and uh, it, it, it changed everything. You know, we've got to realize that we have authority in our families. Yes. Come against, and that's what she did. She came in that spirit realm. She came against that spirit that was bound. Because the Bible says the God of this world has blinded the minds mm. of the unbelievers. So they cannot see the light of the glorious gospel. So Jesus, the, the Bible says your mind is, not your eyes, your mind is blinded. So it cannot computate. It can't think can't understand this good news gospel it can't understand it so we have the authority and that's what i do before in any time i do an altar call or, or start a service or go out and evangelize is bind that spirit i come against because we have spiritual jesus said behold i give you authority i give you power i give you this uh, the the uh, the right and i give you the supernatural ability to tread upon serpents and scorpions over all the works of darkness, and nothing shall by any means harm you. Yes. And then he said, "Our fight is not against our fight is not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. And our weapons are mighty before God, before pulling before pulling down strongholds." So that's what I that's what my mother did in my life, and so this is what I did. And you'll if you go to go if we did I did a school visitation the one time I was in London. And that I was at this church, and the pastor asked me to go to the school. And there were like a 1,500 kids. And they gave me the worst class. And they gave me at the, at the end of, um, I was there the whole day. And as each class, as they got through their day, they, they, they went to a religious class. And the religious class is there, but they teach all religions, not just Christianity. Mm. So there's big pictures of Hindu, Muslim, uh, all the different religions around the world. And it's the most hated class. Kids hate it. And um, so I, I was with a young pastor and I said, before each of those classes, the teachers came to me and they said, look, you don't understand the school. Uh, these two teachers in hospital, this one particular boy uh, took a rock while she was teaching and threw the rock into her head. And she wow. uh, cracked her skull and she was in the hospital. So we have to have three teachers to a class. Because of this kid, he's, he was arrested, but he's got a police bracelet on, ankle bracelet on, and he has to come to school. But we don't want you to go in there. We know you're a guest and everything else. Because they had, some of the teachers had followed me around, some of the Muslim teachers. But before every class I went in and I prayed this prayer, I came against the spirit that blinds the mind. Because we have authority to do that. And then what happens is when their minds are unblinded, they can hear the, the gospel. And so each class was just quiet. And so the teachers, teacher after teacher, as I went through the day, 
they began to talk and they said, he's got some new teaching technique that he can keep these kids quiet because in England, the, the kids are just screaming out the window, the F words and your mother's this and your father's that. And, I mean, just scream. There's no respect at all. I went to the, 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 the opening class, the uh, assembly, and it was just absolute chaos. So I get into this class. They said, we don't want you to go in this class. This boy, he should, be, he should have left school already. He's got, he's got a beard. And, you know, he comes from a very, uh, from a criminal background. He's so I said, that's a guy I want to see. So they said, no, no, no. <laughs> so this young pastor, he was very afraid. You know, so I said, listen, let me show you what you do. Stood at the door. I walked into the class. This kid was screaming out the window. He was shouting. He was causing a great performance. Affecting all the kids. Go outside, and I said, now watch. You've seen his behavior, and I watch this. And I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come against you, spirit that is blinding this boy's mind and these children's minds. I bind you right now in Jesus' name. I walked into the class. I walked straight up to him, and I said, I've come to speak to you. You know, he didn't say a single word during that whole class. Not a single word. He just stared at me, and he came afterwards, and he wanted to he talked to me, and he shared his heart with me. I get dragged up into the principal's office. I think oh, I've done something terribly wrong now. They asked, they said, and now you're not allowed to mention the name of Jesus. In these schools, when, I, when you witness, so I spoke about this person that loved me so much. He died for me. And so, especially amongst criminal elements, you know, if you really care about somebody, you'll die for them. You'll stand, you'll stand, you'll take a bullet for them, all those different scenarios. And so I just spoke about Jesus as my friend and how he, and I couldn't, you're not allowed to mention the name of Jesus. So I had, so it was Bradley Norman's church in, um, in London. And so I said, I can't speak to you fully right now, but Saturday night we, we're having a meeting at this hall, the church hall, and come. The teachers came, Muslim teachers came, they came with their headgear. Kids came, there was like a thousand kids, 500 kids came. And um, one girl had uh, demonic problems, God delivered her from demons, and um, there was, uh, these Muslims got saved. And um, it was all because, you know, we don't realize how much authority we have in the spirit realm. Yes. As sons and daughters of God, heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, Jesus said, behold, but that word behold is you've got to see this. Mm. You've got to see you have authority. Now, I can tell you you have authority, and you can tell people but until it's a self-realization that Jesus himself gave you authority, the same authority he walked in, yes. he's given it to you. And so when you realize that and you take control of the spirit realm, it is so exciting because now all of a sudden, because our fight is not with flesh and blood, we want to fight people. And it's, it's not about flesh and blood. It's about principalities and powers and pulling that down. But also another thing that, a warning with this as well is that when you start flowing like that, you come under tremendous attack. When you start flowing in the spirit realm, you've got to expect an attack. It's going to come against your life. It'll come against your church. It'll come against uh, many things in your life uh, because the devil hates that. He hates to be put down. He hates for you to get into his territory. Yeah. And so one thing that I'll never forget, um, um, Bishop Hammond said, I was hiding away and, uh, you know, I was going through this. I, I was being flowing like that. So I, whenever there was prophetic, I would always hide because everybody would say, where's Pastor Roberts' son? You know, And all, not, not, uh, not, not, not Dr. Hammond, but um, other, other prophets when they came. But so I went and hid right at the back. And uh, 
Anyway, he 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 out in the he just, and it was dark. He couldn't see, and he pointed. He said, "There's a man over there. You, 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 you." And people were standing up. He said, "No, no, that one's sitting down. You come here." So I came out, and then he said, "Who are you?" So I said, "Llewellyn." So my dad said, "Oh, that's my son." So he said, um, "The devil's assigned a hit squad to come against you." He said, "But I see you have these batons in your hand, and that you're beating them off." And don't worry, God has assigned two warring angels to go with you. And you know, I'd been going through such a period because I'd been dealing in this in the spirit realm like that and, and uh, breaking this bondage over people's minds and everything else. And it was he came with that prophetic word that was such gave me such assurance in that moment. And that's what the prophetic word does. It gives you you know, the, uh, uh, Paul said to Timothy, aided and inspired by the prophetic word, you wage the good warfare. Yes. So the prophetic word aids you. It helps you. It inspires you. You know, when there's days when you feel uninspired to do anything, when, you, when you're thinking, I, I need some aid somewhere, that, that prophetic word that, that, that you received, the Holy Spirit will bring up on the inside of you. It will aid you. It will inspire you to wage the warfare. Yeah. He enables you, but you, there is a warfare that we're in. You know, Jesus defeated the enemy, but we have to occupy what he won for us. Yes. We have to uh, enforce that victory because the devil just doesn't want you to know he's defeated. And so when I received that prophetic word, it was so powerful to me because I, I hid away from it. It was like God found me and said, right over there. And he knew I was going through those things because I don't like to talk to people about what I'm going through, I, I always believe if it's God, I, I don't go drop hints and say, oh, I need a word, you know, uh, yeah. uh, or whatever. Uh, and so I went and hid, and, and the Lord found me because he knew what I was going through. And he gave me that word that really aided and inspired me to 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 keep on going. Because now, um, you know, because out of all the prophets I know, not, I'm, not, I'm talking about men of old, like uh, Bishop Hammond, many have passed away. Uh, when I when I spoke to him, he's uh, when I spoke in his church, I, I, I'd been praying the night before about something, and uh, nobody knew, just the Lord and me. And he took me up into his office, and he he began to speak to me. He said, "Last night you spoke to the Lord about this, <laughs> and nobody knew about it. <clears throat> nobody. Yeah. I called my wife, and it, it was it was something the Lord and I were discussing." That um, you know, it was, and then he then he basically came and gave me a prophetic word to help me in that area. Yeah, and then also he said to me, you know, one of the things that I learned um, that you can get a prophetic word for yourself. You know, we've got the word. This is God speaking to us every single day. This is a prophetic word. Yeah, and you know, it's wonderful to have a prophetic word from somebody. And um, you know, as I be as I. I've been with you and I've been with uh, quite all different prophets uh, around the world. One thing um, is I see a lot of people going to prophets. They want to get a word. They want to get a word. They want to get a word, which is fine, you know, um, but you can get your own word. And one of the things it's that I found for my life is if you ask the Lord, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is here. He's your lead you and guide you. He is the truth, and he'll lead you and guide you in the truth to the truth, and that truth will set you free. 
And so, you know, as you're reading the word, as you're praying in your heart, you say, Lord, I, you know, I just need a word from you. So many times when I've been, uh, I've been down, there's no one around, you know. Um, all of a sudden, out of the word, you'll, 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 you'll become this, something you'll just stand at. It's, it's, it sort of stands out inside of your spirit. It's, it's, you, it's very difficult to explain. It's like when you have a vision uh, um, that the Lord gives you. It's difficult to explain because it's not like a t watching a TV show. It's not like watching the TV something you see inside of you mm -hmm. and to explain to explain it and that's why I, I know that when um you know when john had divisions it in the bible it was like you trying to explain something and you can't explain it because there's feelings there's um insights and understandings yeah. that that come to you but you can't you can't uh, put it out in words it's it, you can't do that because it's something for you you know yeah. And a, a, a lot of times God is so gracious and, and there's times when we need to, we can get a prophetic word from, uh, from a prophet of God, but you don't have to run all over the world trying to find a particular prophet. You know, I, I realized the one lady, she, she had uh, scarlet fever and she said, unless Kim Clement prays for her, she'll die. And so Kim Clement was an American. She was in, a, in South Africa. She died because, you know, that was where her faith was, was in him. Mm -hmm. instead of being in the word yeah. and he couldn't get to her and she couldn't get to him so but that was her her, her uh, because you verbalize your faith you know it's, it's, you know our, so our view only, only we can do that. our view of the prophetic is it's to enhance your relationship with the lord it is not to Absolutely. substitute your relationship with the lord it's to draw you closer to him and there's some things that we we have blinders to uh that the prophetic word uh, causes us to see something, see further uh, than what we yeah. are accustomed to seeing. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about um, Elijah, uh, you know, when he, after he confronted the prophets of Baal, uh, he was, he was uh, in the cave looking into the future and then uh, prophesied about the abundance of rain and then uh, when he came down, uh, Jezebel said, you're going to be like one of those prophets tomorrow. And so he, he began to go back to the Lord and talk about the past, uh, about what was going on in the past. And God wanted to continue to, wanted him to continue to see the future so that he would speak life instead of what has already, uh, cons what, what has already transpired. And so, uh, yeah. I believe that we have to be in the word uh, and that all the, all prophetic flows out of the word and so that we can speak the future so that we can speak life. And uh, the prophets are uh, there to, to, uh, to aid your relationship with the Lord, to inspire your relationship with the Lord and not just, not a substitute. And I think that there's a danger uh, with that, that some people that's where they put their faith instead of putting their faith in the Lord. Yeah. You know, one of the things also is a lot of times I've found people will come to a prophet and they think the prophet, if a prophet or person flows in the word of knowledge, um, they think that that word of knowledge flows all the time. And it doesn't. Because if you look at uh, Elisha and Gehazi, yeah. and, you know, when Naaman came to get um, he, he got convinced to come, and he went and baptized himself, you know, in the river, and he got healed. 
And I was wondering, you know, why didn't all the, because the Bible says, how come, how come all the lepers didn't go to him? Because they had a healing covenant with God. Yeah. You know, the, the Israelites had a healing covenant with God. He did. Yes. And so he had to follow the instruction of the prophet. But Gehazi, who, uh, he must have known that, that that word of knowledge wasn't working in Elijah, Elisha all the time because he wouldn't have gone out after, um, um, uh, 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 that's, um, what's his name? Naaman. Um, Naaman. And he said, oh, there's some young prophets coming that we need to, uh, we need to, we need raiment and we need gold and everything else. If he, if, if that word of knowledge was working all the time, he would never have done it. So he knows yeah. that it's as the Holy Spirit comes upon you, then that, that gifting works, mm. you know. And so there's a lot of time people know that. I, I, I know this with Kim, a lot of, I won't, I want to be too uh, personal, but working together with them, people that worked with him, they were up to doing stuff and they thought, uh, you know, he they didn't know he didn't know about stuff, and there were times he didn't know. But all of a sudden, the Lord would show him something, and he'd said to the one guy that worked together with him was drummer many, many, many years ago, and uh, when he first started, and said to him, "I saw you at this uh, this garage, uh, this uh, uh, petrol garage, and you were sitting in the corner, and you were smoking a cigarette, and you were uh, looking at this this pornography on your on the thing." And he did, he came, and this guy had worked with him uh, yeah. right across America. And, but it just came out at that time, you know, and it had never come out before. So he thought, well, it's, you know, he doesn't know anything about it. Mm. But, um, you know, it's, it's um, the, the one, the, the, and another thing, you know, what one thing I, had, I learned as well was that, you know, that there's a thing that a lot of people say that, about the prophet's reward. And so as I began to study the prophet's reward in the early years when, when in, in Israel, when a prophet came by, they used to be invited in. And because he was a prophet, and then they would, they would trust God for a word from that prophet. And so a prophet's reward to me is that you get um, the prophecy comes true in your life because you recognize him as a prophet. There's a lot of times that word will only come true in your life if you recognize that person as a true prophet of God. Yeah. Out of everybody that's given me a word, there's people that have given me words that I know that person is not a prophet. Right. And so they will act like a prophet, they will talk like a prophet, but inside of your spirit, you know this not a prophet. Because when there's a when if you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, you will sense that that person is a prophet of God. And it has nothing to do with you know, these, a lot of times these prophets, prophets will come and try and put fear on you or all that type of stuff. And you know that's not a prophet of God. But God will speak right into your wheelhouse. He'll, he'll, he'll tell you things that only you know that nobody else knows. Yeah. And so when you recognize, and that's why I believe that uh, Bishop Hammond's prophecies came true. I recognize him as a prophet. Kim's prophecies, I recognize him as a prophet. And so they came true. The prophecy you gave me, uh, I recognize you as a prophet. So that prophecy came true. And so that was the reward that I received because I recognize you as a prophet. And if you don't recognize somebody as a prophet, if somebody gives you a word, that's words are waste. If you don't recognize them as a prophet, you will not get rewarded with the yeah. answer to that prophecy. That, that won't cut, it won't manifest in your life. Kim used to say, so, only go where you're celebrated. 
Yeah, not not where you tolerate it. Yeah, <laughs> right. My my battery's running out here, so. Well, uh, yeah. we are That's running up. We're running short on time. Uh, I don't want your battery. <laughs> I don't want your battery to go out on you. Uh, I'm stuck in this place. I can't get up, and I can't find my cables and everything else. Because when you got hold of me, I try to get onto this this thing, and my on my phone, it's I got a new phone. So my phone said you have to update this Vimo, the Vimo thing. Yes. So I'm trying to update the thing. I'm trying to do all these things, and so I'm running around trying to get a light and 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 do all that. But it's so wonderful to speak with you again, and 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 to be able to share the word of God with you, yes. and just uh, just talk, you know. It's I love so, this. It's so wonderful. I love this. I love it's having so these wonderful. kind of conversations. We we sharpen each other, and uh, and I believe it's it's uh, opening up fresh bread of life for those that hear it. You know, this will go Absolutely. out uh, to millions of people all over the world now, and. Uh, and it'll change uh, their perspective on so many things and help them with the word of life. Because, you know, when we go through things, we go through things to help others. You know, a lot of times I question, why am I going through this right now? You know, um, why, am I, why am I going through this, this situation right now? Because God doesn't take you out of situations. He takes you through them so that you have a testimony of his greatness. Yes. And then because the next, you go, you're going to face another fight. And, the, and, and the, the victory that you won with him through that last situation will enable you to go through the next because yeah. that's how your faith in him is built. Yeah. And so every time we go through, especially in ministry, when you go into ministry, you've got to realize you're not there for yourself. You're there for someone else. Yes. You're there to help someone else. And so you're going to go through things. And don't say, why am I going? You're going through those things so you can help someone else through those things. Yeah. And that's why you, you need to go through those things. And uh, I always, young pastors, they say, I want to become a pastor. I said, what should I do? I said, run away. <laughs> because if you've not been called, it's, it, it, ministry will be hell for you. Yeah. It, Same you know, thing with you, being a prophet. Also, exactly. It's, it's, you're there, it's, it's you're there to help. That's the yeah. whole thing. The prophetic yeah. word is to uplift, it's to aid, enable, inspire, to, to um, and, and, it's for, for others. It's not, the gifting is not for us. And that's why Jesus, I think he said to those that would come on that day, they said, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out devils, prophesy, uh, did mighty works in your name? It's begun for me, you work of iniquity. I never knew you. Because, you know, a lot of times people are there for selfish reasons. They might flow in the gift. They might, because, you know, as you know, God never takes away your gift. You can live an immoral life and the right. gifts can still flow in your life. And the thing is that, we're there for others. And that needs to be our heart. And if our heart is not that, I've already checked my heart. I check my heart all the time because I want to be right with my, my father, my heavenly father. I want to be right with him. Yes. I, don't, I never want to affect him. I never ever want to uh, cause him grief. I never want to because I, I've realized how much he loves me and how much he cares for me. And he's taking me through this thing. And, and my treasures, I might not get a lot of treasure here today, but we're building up treasures in heaven. One day we're going to receive an inheritance from the Lord. And um, you know that's what that's we're looking forward to is coming. That's what we that's what we're doing. Yes. And sometimes we don't understand. Sometimes we're going through things we don't understand why we're going through them. But eventually the Lord will show you, and it's to enable someone else. Yes. Know? Amen. And once we realize that, we we take that. And we say, okay, this is 
This is why God's got me here. This is why I'm in the ministry. This is why I'm in the prophetic. It's to help others. I'm not here to help myself. And then to help, you know, younger men and women like you can and I can with experience, you know, what we've been through. And uh, because you know that a lot of times people give you these big stories about what what being a pastor or, or, or a prophet or evangelist or whatever, what it's going to be like. And you find that once you're in it, it's totally different from what everybody told you. Yes. They always tell you the good things, you know, how wonderful it is. Yeah. <laughs> and then you realize, hang on a minute, it's not then wonderful. You read the scripture that says, take the prophets as an example of suffering. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? The one thing out of everything, the thing that you have inside of you is this joy and peace. Yes. You know, through every trial, every tribulation, every persecution, this wonderful peace and joy that's inside of us yes. that only God can put there. It was something that I searched for my whole life. I tried, I tried to get it with drugs. I tried to get it with every money. I tried to get it with everything else. And that joy and that peace that he has given me, it doesn't matter whether I'm up or down emotionally. Yes. There's that joy and peace on the inside of me that it, it's not a happiness. Happiness is always outside. As long as I've got something on the outside, I'm happy. But this joy is when you've got nothing, but you have this joy, you've got this peace, you've got, you have this feeling of completeness on the inside of you that never goes. Yeah. And I think we need to just take a bit of time every single day and just tap into that. You know, because we're all going through trials and financially we're going through problems. We're going through problems, lost jobs lost family members, all of these different things. And that we just need to slow down and just get quiet and just focus on that love and peace and joy that only Jesus Christ can give us. That peace and joy that, you know, that old song says that passes human understanding. Yeah. And I've, I've been going through, we go through crisis after crisis and these days that you're on the mountaintop and the days that you're in the valley, but that peace and that joy remain. And that's Amen. the most wonderful thing. It was what I searched for my whole life and that he gave it to me. And I'm so grateful to the Lord for giving me that because it was, it was the thing I searched for my whole life. And I think everybody is searching for that peace and joy and that completeness that you feel in him. That I'm home, you know. Yeah. Um, Amen. This, this, is where, this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Well, uh, before, we, before we... Uh, before we conclude here, you know, I want to uh, give you an opportunity to pray and minister uh, in prayer over our audience. Uh, you know, one of the key things that I think uh, that uh, we all heard uh, coming out of your uh, of this conversation is speak life. That's the name of the, the show is speak life. And I believe in the power of speaking words of life. We have the authority to speak words of life or death, uh, the Bible says, Amen. and you're going to eat that fruit. fruit. And so yeah. your mom was able to eat the fruit uh, of her speaking life over you and uh, enjoy the fruit of that. Uh, you know, and I believe that uh, we can go to the word, we can uh, declare the word of God over people, and we can declare the prophetic words, waging a good warfare with the prophecies. Uh, that have gone over us in our family. And, uh, it, you know, and so in this moment, you know, Isaiah 30, it's, it, it talks about how the Lord will cause his glorious voice to be heard, uh, whether reading it or prophesying it. 
and then he'll begin to fight against the powers of hell, uh, Isaiah uh, uh, 30, 30 says the Lord will cause his glorious voice to be heard, uh, and then it and show the descent of his arm with his indignation of his anger against the uh, powers of darkness. And the, the voice of the Lord begins to beat down and shatter the enemy. And so I believe that there is a, an, an authority uh, when we prophesy and when we pray and when we decree a thing uh, that destroys the powers of hell. It releases the power of God and destroys the powers of hell. And I just wonder if you'll just pray uh, and speak life over people today and break the powers of hell off of them. Just, just one thing. When, when we start speaking life, it's not uh, emotionally it's going to be a hard thing. Yes. But it's a decision you have to make. I'm deciding to speak life no matter what I see with my natural eye, no matter how bad that person is, no matter how dark it looks, I'm yeah. going to speak life into that situation. Yes. And it's not an emotion that you're going to feel like you're never going to feel like doing. It's a decision that you make. I'm going to speak life. Yes. And you're going to make mistakes. You, the days you're going to be emotionally in turmoil and you're not going to speak life. You're going to speak a word of anger. You're going to, but then just come back and then just decide, I'm going to speak life. Yes. Heavenly Father, we thank you yes, Lord. that you are the light of the world. You said we are the light of the world. You've given us that light that we can speak into the darkness. David said, Lord, your word is a light to my feet and a lamp to my path. You give me yes, direction for my life. And that word, Lord, the scripture you gave me, do not rejoice over me, O my enemy, when I fall. I shall arise, though I sit in the darkness. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, he's my light. Yes. And Lord, I pray today that you flood the eyes of our hearts with your, with your understanding. You would flood the eyes of our heart with the knowledge of our calling. You'd flood the eyes of our heart with your light so that we can see our inheritance among the saints. Lord, flood the eyes of our heart with your light so we can see the power that is the same resurrection power that dwells within us. Lord, you said in Ephesians 1, 17 to 18, that these things, I pray for each and every one, Lord, that you would shed your light, the light of your word, the prophetic word, your prophetic word through men or through your word, that you would you would give that light into, yes. into lives. Because where there is light, there is no darkness. Darkness must flee. And I pray for each and every one listening, Lord, that their minds might be blinded to the truth. I come against you, devil, that has blinded the mind of the unbeliever so they cannot see the light of the glorious gospel, of the light of God. In the name of Jesus, I break that bondage over your mind in Jesus. Name. Yes. And I thank you, Lord, that your light, where that place is broken open, your light will shine in. Lord, and that we would be a light to this world. We would not be some disco light that is all weird, but we'll be a true light, a true light where people will look to us and say, there is light, there is light in that one, there is light in that one. And the Lord says that you are like a pearl on a ring of gold. I'm the finger of my right hand, says the Lord. And he says that 
I am going to bless you. There are clouds that have come in that have tried to overwhelm you. There's clouds that have come in to try and destroy. But the Lord says that you are a pearl on the ring of gold on my right hand. You are precious to me. And so no matter what comes against you, you are on my right hand. You are precious to me. Not my left hand, my right hand. And I will lift you up as you humble yourself under my, my mighty hand. Rebuke the devil and he will flee from you. And in your due season, I will lift you up. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for your life that you have shed in our hearts today. Thank you for supernatural miracles. And everyone who has heard the supernatural miracles break out and that testimonies will come through to this station and to this place. Lord, testimonies of your greatest. We give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. We bow down before you. We will take no honor at all. We give it all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Awesome. Okay, my Thank, friend, I love you. Love you too. Thank you so much, Llewellyn. And they can uh, get a hold of you at uh, DurbanChristianCenter.net. We have the website uh, on the screen there. And uh, we appreciate you. We love you. Uh, we've got to coordinate some things, but we want to have you back on again real let's, soon. Let's do it. Anytime. Anytime. I'll, I'll we'll do it. And you know, we could do this for hours. Uh, Absolutely. But... <laughs> we did. Remember when I was there last yes. time, we talked for hours and hours. Yes, we, that's what I mean. We can do this for hours and hours. But I want you to know uh, from our hearts to yours, we love you. We love your family. Uh, we're praying for Durban Christian Center. We're praying for you. you. Uh, we're praying for Wendy. And uh, we just love you guys. And we bless you. And uh, you have to come see the horses sometime. No, well, and give, my, give my love to all your crazy kids. Okay. Uh, and push your wife. I love your kids. They're crazy. <laughs> oh, they're great. Thank you so much. Well, we they're bless you. Kids. We bless you, Llewellyn. We'll see you uh, uh, again sometime soon. Thank you again for being on the show yes. today. Love you guys. Love you. So good. So good. What excellent insight and revelation. I thank you so much, Lou. Uh, listen, Jesus said the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come to give you life and that more abundantly. You know, earlier in the show, I shared a little bit about Elijah overthrowing and destroying the prophets of Baal. And then suddenly there was a great abundance. My belief is that it may look like a dark moment, but the Son of Righteousness is arising with healing in his wings. And a remnant of God's people can bring unity to a nation. We still have an unstoppable hope. We will not be shaken. What a vast wasteland our world would be without you, Lord. An empty wilderness without the eternal hope that there is in our Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua. You know, the storm, uh, storms the enemy stirs up are set up to try to turn us away from hope. And all the beauty and the light of this earth, all that it has to offer means nothing if the Son of Righteousness is eclipsed. You are the hope, Jesus. You are the light of our life, and you are the light of, of our light. <clears throat> without you, we can do and we can be nothing. And without you, we have nothing. And in this world's culture and systems, that's what they want to abandon, any thought of you. And in this place, we give you the love you, 
you deserve and the praise you deserve. And we acknowledge that you are our only hope. You are the creator of the ends of the earth, and the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world and everyone and everything in it. And we thank you for your powerful presence here right now. Thank you, Lord, for this powerful word that's filling our hearts with inspiration and encouragement. And we thank you for tuning, turning everything around uh, by your hand and tuning us to you, O oh God, tuning our frequency to your, the sound of your voice, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name, we all agree and we say amen and amen and so be it. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 11, verse 12, the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent rise up and we take it by force. I believe that time is now. <clears throat> I believe highly unusual miracles of blessing and financial favor are coming to God's people now. I, I, God has been speaking to me about financial turnarounds and financial breakthroughs. And God's people, I believe, will not be ashamed any longer, but will begin to walk in financial dominion. You watch how God shakes everything up. Amen. I want to personally thank those of you who continue to sow seeds into this house, into this prophetic ministry. And thank you for standing with us here at Speak Life. You make it possible uh, for, for us to continue to bring powerful, quality, prophetic ministry week after week. And uh, I just want to thank you for that. And if you'd like to partner with us, uh, you can help us to continue to release the word of the Lord to the nations. Amen. There are several ways you can do that. You can text any amount to the number on your screen right now. The number is 84321. Any amount, and then 84321. And if you're watching online, there's a link available uh, on social media there for you to click on. Uh, if you want to give that way, or if you want to mail your offering in, you can mail it to P.O. Box 1822, Hendersonville, Tennessee, 37077. And you can find all of this on our websites, both at martylayton.com and our church website at lifepointchurch.cc. And I also want to thank today's sponsor, Mike Lindell and my pillow and my store. You know, Mike Lindell is fighting for America the Beautiful. And let me just tell you, he's a great patriot. And he's fighting for your freedom and for the freedom of the generations to come. This is a spiritual war and a cultural war. And he's fighting on both fronts. And so please check out the great products that he made available at MyPillow.com and MyStore.com. And if you use the promo code, my name, Marty, uh, you'll get the deepest discounts available right now. I think they're 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 offering some of the biggest uh, blowout sales, and so I encourage you if you've been waiting for the right moment, this could be your moment. Uh, just use the promo code Marty, and by doing so, you're helping support Speak Life and support uh, Mike Lindell and the work that he's doing uh, in in the. Uh, the the salvation of America, I would call it. Uh, and that's at MyPillow.com or MyStore.com and use the promo code Marty. Uh, some of you prefer to pick up the phone and call in your order. You can do that at 800-859-2938. That's 800-859-2938. But remember to use the promo code Marty so that you get that discount. Amen. Amen. I believe something good is about to happen, and something good is about to happen to you. 
and that God is speaking from heaven all the time, and he's speaking to you right now. This is your time. So I want to thank you again for joining us here at Speak Life. Thank you for tuning in each week uh, for great conversations and ministry, uh, prophetic secrets and insights that help the people of God to navigate through difficult moments. Uh, please take a moment and subscribe to the Speak Life podcast. Uh, you can find the podcast anywhere, uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, please leave us a five-star review. And remember to follow me on all your social media platforms, on Instagram, Twitter, Truth, Getter, Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, every platform out there. Just look for at Marty Layton. Search at Marty Layton and I'll be there. Uh, And I'll be encouraging you every day uh, with words of life and words of hope. And And we'll also keep you informed of what we're doing here on Speak Life. And remember, you can always watch this show uh, live every Friday evening at 7 p.m. Central on Facebook, YouTube, and on Rumble. And I want to thank you for telling others about the Speak Life show and helping us to reach more and more people each week. You can find the Speak Life show, like I mentioned, on iTunes, Spotify, Charisma Podcast Network, and now our new platform is frankspeech.com. And so be sure to tune in there as well. And thank you again. Remember to keep your spiritual eyes and your spiritual ears open because God is always talking. Proverbs 18.21 declares death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will indulge in its fruit. So always remember to speak life. Amen. We'll see you next week. God bless. Thank you for listening to Speak Life with Marty Layton. Please help us spread hope and share this podcast with a friend. Join us again as we speak life into our world. Thank you.